Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge engine failure, it appears, for Erica. The smoke funneling out of the back of the car. Stanfield drives by. On this episode, we're joined by Buddy Hull, who's driving the Jim Dunn funny car next year and talking all the PRI craziness. And it's Trip Tatum for the first time in his career. 370 flat, 330 miles an hour. An astonishing and relentless week of news from PRI has kicked this offseason into high gear. Bobby Bodie's 074, and he blows the body off the car going through the finish line stripe. Bobby maintains control of the automobile. This is the NHRA Insider. Number 16 is going to take out number one. He left on a, by a day and a half. Both Manson Hines bikes are out, and it is crazy town at Pro Stock Motorcycle. Hey, everybody. Brian Loans here. Welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast. We are back after PRI and... Um, this is going to be a pretty good show. We have Buddy Hull coming on as a guest here in a little while, and uh, Buddy was one of the many people that made big news at PRI when he announced that he'll be joining Jim Dunn Racing as the driver of the Dunn Racing Funny Car, and uh, he will be moving into the seat that Alex Laughlin has vacated. Uh, Buddy has made several moves, not only getting into this uh, race car, becoming a funny car driver, uh, but also selling his top fuel operation to Jacob McNeil, a fellow Texan who now plans to come out and run basically half the season next year. There is all kinds of stuff we need to talk about and um it was one of those things where leading into the event i think we all had an idea that there would be some news broken we all had an idea that there would be some stuff talked about um i'm not sure any of us had the idea once we got done and i'm going to run down the list of basically um at least what i feel to be the the major news stories that came out of pri involving nhra drag racing and some of this stuff um even started before the show um i think as as many of you know that the releases kind of started some of the teams got a little bit of a jump on things uh, when it came to breaking the news so um you know i think if we look at the 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 first thing that i think really hit this is again before the show was the elite motorsports announcement jay coughlin back full-time in pro stock uh so they've expanded the team jay will be wearing the cat's eye gold colors the skag uh, power equipment logos uh, aaron stanfield will be wearing the johnson's horsepower garage colors bo butner will run the full mountain motor pro stock series there will be two mountain motor pro stock cars run out of elite motorsports the second car has not yet been announced as to who will be driving if it goes according to plan the driver will make all of you smile. Uh, if this goes according to plan, it will be one of the neater kind of surprise, um, uh, kind of surprise moments that uh, that we have had in a very happy, fun way. So we'll see how that whole uh, program kind of plays out. Stanfield, as mentioned, the 500 cubic inch car will be um, wearing the the JHG colors. He will also, as he told me on the stage, be messing around with a factory X car as well. Um, so the factory X field is growing. Holly. Uh, EFI named the primary sponsor of that category at the PRI show will be an eight car uh, rather an eight event uh, championship run for factory X in 2024 Len Lottig's car was there with the grumpy Jenkins colors we talked to Jeff Turk um, it, these cars are coming and finally I think after a long wait for all of us but uh, it's going to be great and Stanfield along with his father will be part of that uh, battle some more news that happened before PRI. Uh, Sienna Wildgust, who is the daughter of Scott Wildgust, really accomplished and cool Canadian pro mod driver, is going to be the next additional add-on driver for KB Titan Motorsports, and she began her process of acclimating herself to a pro stock car at Bradenton uh, before the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals. She went down there, um, had, I believe, two days, 
did a really nice job. They're taking her through the process incrementally. She's being coached by Dave Connolly and their entire team. And the object of the game when they were last down there was to, one, kind of get the burnout process perfected, which she did very well, and then uh, work on some launches to acclimate herself with the uh, G-Force's acceleration rate of a pro-stock car, which by all indications she did well uh, at that too. So it's going to be a multi-step process to get her up to speed before she makes full pulls to make sure they're comfortable and she is. But I got to talk to Sienna on the stage of PRI she was very satisfied with the results of the early process. Uh, her dad was very proud. He was beaming out in the crowd, and the team is also happy with what has gone on thus far. So Sierra Wildgust, uh, Sienna Wildgust, my apologies, is on track to be yet another uh, full-time pro stock racer. We're going to have, I think we're going to have 24 or 25 of those things at a lot of races. Um, at least 20. You know, at least 20 because we know that the, the elite team now, I guess, is what, nine cars KB Titan will be somewhere around eight, somewhere what seven, eight cars, something like that. Once we get uh, once we get done with all the leaves shaking and and stuff falling out of the trees here in the off season, uh, there was of course the big story of Johnny Lindbergh, uh, who will be working with John Medlin to tune Paul Lee's car. Uh, Lindbergh getting his first uh, real, let's call it full time shot to be a Nitro crew chief. We know his success level on the alcohol side. We know what he's accomplished not only as a racer but as a chassis builder. Um, as a tuner, uh, as a just a whiz. And so t- for him to get this tap on the shoulder from Paul Lee to have the coaching and guidance of John Medlin, um, it seems like a really cool opportunity. And I give Paul Lee a lot of credit for recognizing and cultivating talent. I think it is something that needs to be uh, perhaps highlighted and spotlighted more when somebody actually does go out of the box, go out of the norm, and I'm not going to say take a risk because, you know, it's it's any higher is a risk. Um, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying that's the nature of the human. You, you hire a human being. You think you get one thing and sometimes you get another. Uh, but with Johnny Lindbergh, the resume, the skill set, the dedication, the tenacity, all there. And uh, my understanding is he is already spending plenty of time in the shop in Brownsburg working with uh, what is going to be his new team. And I think he and John Medlin will be a, uh, a really fantastic pair to work together. The younger, motivated guy, the older, wise man. Uh, it is certainly math that has proven itself successful over the course of time in every venture, not just drag racing, but this is the type of thing where a willing set of young ears that are talented and a understanding, brilliant, uh, older mind can do amazing things together. And I'm, I'm very interested to see how that as all of you are, works over the course of this season. Uh, in, a, in a personally exciting note, the NHRA signed a deal with a company called Fent, F-E-N-D-T. They manufacture tractors. And uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, I love old tractors. I love new tractors. I'm a, um, Outside of drag racing, I probably spend more time reading about tractors than anything else. And uh, I've even owned a couple of vintage tractors over the course of time. But Fent uh, has signed a multi-year deal to provide new uh, track grooming tractors and these will be a uh, significant step forward from what you've seen out on the racetrack in the last few years the old john deers that were uh, painted black have served their purpose but uh, we got more horsepower uh, and when you get a load of these things they look um, they look pretty gnarly so it's odd to be excited about a tractor but i am and uh, i'm hoping i can kind of poke one of the safety safari guys in the side let me take it for a cruise around the pits but um it's all part of the show you know i think that's part of it as well it's all part of the show when you see these big honking four-wheel drive tractors out there um as opposed to the the smaller more um subdued units we've had i think you're going to like what you see 
Simpson is now the presenting sponsor of the NHRA Safety Safari. It is the Simpson NHRA Safety Safari. Uh, we know that they've worn Simpson gear for a long time, but Simpson really has stepped up. A lot of brand new, fresh gear for the 2024 season um, and a great commitment and approach. So uh, we always want the Safety Safari members to be clad in the best safety gear possible. It allows them to do their job to aid drivers when they need the help the most. And so Simpson is uh, committed to helping us with that in the NHRA. I think it's great. So the Simpson NHRA Safety Safari going forward. And they are going to be looking good in their new threads and certainly will be right there to be on the job and respond to any sort of uh, calamity or crisis that arises on the racetrack. The National Dragster All-Star team was announced over the course of PRI. Hopefully you watch the live stream to see people like Bruno Massel, to see people like Brian Hewson, Doug Coletta, Alan Johnson, uh, Clay Milliken, uh, Tony Stewart and a host of others win the very first NHRA National Dragster All-Star Team Awards. Fan voted in, not not selection committee, not popularity contest. I mean, I guess it was, but it was a fan vote. It wasn't an internal popularity contest, I should say. It was huge. And the cool thing was the, the awards were delivered in a surprise fashion. So it was um, it was neat to hand these to people and see their emotional reaction. And people did get emotional once they understood that tens of thousands of fans voted in this NHRA National Dragster um, uh, All-Star Team poll. So, you know, those of you that are hardcore fans understand that there was a CarCraft All-Star Team for many, many years. And it was among the most prestigious honors you could get in drag racing to be voted onto that team. And Phil Burgess at National Dragster championed the all the National Dragster All Star Team. I think it's fantastic. I think it hit the spot perfectly in the first year, and I think it's going to be something that uh, is going to grow year after year. It'll grow in prestige, and it'll certainly grow in uh, participation from our fan base, which is which is awesome. Doug Cook is back. Uh, Doug Cook, crew chief once again for Doug Foley. They have worked together for years uh, off and on, and they have had good success together. Doug is a thoughtful and, uh, and, and, and fast crew chief. He's not a guy that wastes parts. He certainly knows how to lean on a race car, but he is not a guy that is reckless about it, and he will go into the uh, emergency war chest of power only when necessary. So Doug Cook is back. Alloy Employer Services has extended their deal with Doug Foley Racing, so you'll see Doug out on the racetrack. Um he talked about a schedule that's going to be very heavily weighted toward the east of the United States. We'll see him at Gainesville. We'll see him at races like Virginia and Bristol and Norwalk and Chicago and places like that. Looking to expand his schedule somewhat over what they did last year. And uh, Doug is always, as usual, pounding the pavement for uh, sponsor dollars and, and money. But did want to mention, Doug Cook, now the crew chief back on that car, will work with Lance Larson. Uh, a, a crew change that was not announced during the show, uh, but certainly has become um, more common knowledge, I guess, internally in drag racing. Gary Pritchett has stepped away from the Capco Contractors Race Team. He has decided to uh, to take some time away from the world of professional drag racing. Uh, all indications are he's going to relocate himself back to his uh, eastern roots and uh, take some time and, and, and do some stuff for himself. What that is is his own business, but uh, we will not be seeing the, the tall man, if you will, backing up a Capco contractor's top fuel dragster. Uh, Gary's a guy who is incredibly accomplished. We're talking four championships. Um, we're talking a couple of decades like on the road, and uh, he came to a point in his life where he said, time to put the brakes on this thing for a little while. 
I, I, I in my heart of heart, believe we'll see him back at some point. Uh, but I do hope he gets to enjoy uh, life. Uh, he is engaged, and uh, hopefully he gets to kind of chill out for a while and, and do his thing. It is a relentless pursuit that he has been on for so many years, and he's had such great success. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who fills that role on the, con- the Capco contractor Steve Torrance car, and we'll certainly have our eyes peeled on that. Mike Stavrinos. Uh, Mike Stavrinos is a great small tire racer, great grudge racer, and now joining the NHRA Pro Mod ranks. He is the latest of these guys that's coming up. Um, he's going to be on the Janus team. My understanding he'll be a teammate with J.R. Gray. And so, again, we talk about the, the, the grudge racers. We talk about the small tire racers, the radial guys that have worked their way up and, and jumped into NHRA Pro Mod. Uh, Stavrinos is... Um, is the latest and this dude always has top shelf stuff great guy heck of a racer uh also can uh can get can mix it up with the best and if you're friends with jr gray you better be able to stand on the gas when it when it comes time to to throw down a little bit with your jaw and he can do that so uh great to see another full-time addition to the pro mod category stavrinos is going to be a great uh, a great match there Continuing on, and I'm not making this up. I mean, this is relentless. I'm about halfway through the list. Uh, Chris Bostic is joining uh, White Alligator Racing. He will be a teammate running under the same awning, if you will, as Chase Van Zant. Tim Kalungian will be his crew chief. Tim Kalungian is assuming more of an ownership leadership role at White Alligator Racing as well. Jerry Savoie has decided to throttle back his involvement. He'll still be around. He'll still be doing stuff. But Tim Kalungian will be more the, the face and, I should say, the leadership of White Alligator Racing going forward. And uh, Tim is a guy I have immense respect for. Brilliant man, uh, philosophically smart as much as he is mechanically smart. And uh, we're going to get to see him really uh, do his best with both Chris Bostic and Chase Van Zant next year. I think it's a good thing for Chris Bostic. He had a fast motorcycle at times, but he kind of had some issues on the reliability front and uh, the repeatability front. So getting Chris Bostic on that program, getting him locked down and getting him rocking and rolling um, will definitely prove a benefit to Chris Bostic's career and success. Sean Reed, he made his announcement official. That was one of the uh, least, I guess, the, the lightest leak, the lightest kept secrets in drag racing that he was coming back full time. But he is. He is back full time. His crew chief is Rob Wendland. Uh, his car chief will be Ryan Elliott, and he has an experienced crew working on this race car. It's a bit of a reunion for Wendland and Elliott, who worked together on Johnny Gray's funny car years ago out of the Don Schumacher shop. This is a team that is committed. They have made a technical alliance. They are effectively joined at the hip with Antron Brown. And when we look at and understand how to be successful in top fuel or nitro racing these days, the single car route full time is a difficult way to go because of the volume of parts and pieces you have at your disposal, specifically clutch discs. Everybody talks about clutch discs as being uh, kind of golden tickets to success or failure. And so now with Sean Reed having this technical alliance with Antron Brown, it opens up the door for that purchasing, opens up the door for those conversations technically. And uh, for Sean Reed, he wants to hit the ground running, wants to be successful out of the gate, wants to have a competitive car off the bat, and this is the way to do it. Uh, they are moving into their new shop. They're currently working out of the DSR building. A new building has been built, which they'll be moving into just before Christmas, and then it will be hammered down full speed ahead. They have new cars. They have new equipment. They just got their brand-new truck and trailer delivered. They are officially off and running, and Sean Reed is back full-time. Ida Zetterstrom, the 2023 FIA Top Fuel World Champion, 
is back in the United States and not just to visit. She has been hired by JCM Racing, that is Joe Maynard's team, to come over here with the intention of running a 5-10 to 10 race first season along with a lot of Monday testing. Ida will be running Tony Schumacher's car a lot on Mondays, and that'll be to get her experienced on American tracks. That'll be to get her up to speed on what they need to do procedurally inside the race car. It'll also help the team kind of sort out um, the lighter weight that she brings to the table than the male drivers, get her car balance correct. And uh, she's going to be working to settle up and, and kind of raise funding as well as work on the management side of the team. It's, uh, it's a wildly great announcement for so many reasons. Ida is fantastic. I've had the opportunity to know her for a couple of years now. She is the real deal. She is impassioned. She is driven. And she is somebody that has not put a foot wrong in what can sometimes be a very, um, I'm going to say seedy, but it can be a very dicey pursuit trying to get yourself into the world of top fuel drag racing coming from, I don't want to say obscurity because she's an FIA world champion, but uh, coming from a place that isn't a pile of money in your back pocket, um, a place that isn't a lot of notoriety uh, in the United States. Big social media following in Europe, growing by the day here. She is genuine. She is talented. She's a champion. Um, and I hope Ida gets in a car sooner rather than later because she will do a lot for uh, the sport of drag racing. Jacob McNeil, as I mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about more with Buddy Hull in a few minutes, bought Buddy Hull's entire top fuel operation, soup to nuts, um, including some spares. Buddy has more spares that he will be more than happy to sell when the time arrives, but Jacob McNeil bought what he needed to get going. He will maintain Mike Gugger as the crew chief. He will maintain the, the stuff that uh, Buddy Hull has. And uh, I want to talk to Buddy about how this worked out, how this came about, and uh, everything that's going on on both sides of his deal, driving the car and selling the team. That'll be his topic in a few minutes. Tequila Commissario has announced that they will be the primary sponsor for Camry Caruso for the entire season of 2024. It's a big step up. We know Camry has had a couple names on that car, good names, whether it's Powerbuilt Tools, Tequila Commissario. Uh, we have seen her with Wright Trailers, of course. But to have Tequila Commissario commit to the season is big. They see value in the program. They see value in what's happening uh, in the world of NHRA, Mission Foods, drag racing, and um, great news for Cami Caruso. Consistency on that front, consistency in that sponsor front, one of the most important parts of having a successful race operation when you know where the paycheck's coming from and you know when it's going to show up. So that's a great commitment from Tequila Commissario. Tony Stewart is racing top fuel. You might have heard that one. Um, this was this was hey bay. This was one of the most interesting moments of the whole week. In that, uh, it was an incredible representation of of how part of a drag racing fan base can just go totally sideways over good news. Um, NHRA made a Facebook post said there's one of the biggest announcements in NHRA history coming. Now, yes, and, and internally, I can tell you this, internally we all might have gone, uh-oh, like when that was said, and not uh-oh in a bad way, but just understanding like what people were going to take this and extrapolate it into. And so the guessing game was on like Donkey Kong, and I think many of you might have followed it. It was it was wild. Um, every corner of the Internet had something to guess. Was it a new TV package? Had the company been sold? Um, was, it, was it some sort of a cataclysmic event? And it comes out that Leah Pruitt and Tony Stewart have decided to commit to starting a family rather than start a season and potentially have to stop it midway. Leah decided it was much cleaner and more professional for her to step back, for Tony to step in, 
and for this program to advance forward. Now, initially, when this got going more than a year ago, Tony wasn't going to drive the car. They had found a replacement driver, and that guy's name is Lyle Barnett. They were going to have Lyle Barnett, the ProMod standout, U.S. Nationals winner, get in the top fuel car. Now, over the course of time, this idea evolved, and Tony found himself more comfortable in the A-fuel car, and he found himself more comfortable with the idea of driving the top fuel dragster. He did not kick anybody out of the way, but he did say, you know what, it's, time, uh, it's probably time for me to make a move on this, and he decided to do just that. So, announcement gets made, uh, internet panics, uh, freaks out, it's a team announcement, shouldn't have been an NHRA announcement, it's this and it's that and the other thing. Then the TSR media team comes out the other day and shows that they had upwards of 2.1 billion potential impressions on this news. It was carried by every major news outlet, it was carried by TMZ, it was carried by every major sports site, it was carried everywhere. And so I, I just, I don't, I fail to understand sometimes how you can take, extrapolate any negative out of this. And, you know, one of the things I think is really interesting is that um, there's a generation of people, I'm not going to name the generation because it's probably you, or if you, if you think it's you, it probably is you, but there's a generation of people who think that everything is for them. So what I mean by that is this. NHRA social media, the outward-facing social media of NHRA, is not really designed for the racers. And this is a tough thing for people to understand. The outward-facing social media of the company is designed for the fan base, the tens of thousands of people that come to these 20-plus races a year we have. That's where the messaging goes, guys. It is not really intended for, I don't know, for for the stock eliminator guy who gets his nose bent out of shape when something like this happens. It's intended for somebody who's a casual fan to go, oh, damn, I wonder if he's racing at my track. And lo and behold, I don't know if you noticed this, but every single national event track immediately began promoting the fact that, oh, yes, Tony Stewart will be racing at my track next week. I'm not sure if you understand why that is, but if you don't, it's because people are going to buy tickets to see him race. That's, That's how this works. It's the old show business model. <laughs> you put on a show, people come and watch. Um, but anyway, I, it was great. I, you know, I was I was blown away by um, by just how kind of seismic the reaction was to that news uh, all over the place. And good, bad, or otherwise, it's the uh, the old adage is so long as they don't spell your name wrong, uh, it's good news. And uh, nobody spelled Tony's name wrong or Leah's name wrong. It was certainly a big piece of news to kick our show off with. And I just went down an insane laundry list of other stuff that's going on. Another great one, the Firebird Motorsports Park announcement. Uh, We know that Firebird Raceway in Arizona became Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. And it's gone through a couple of different names. But the reality is it is back to Firebird Raceway Park. Charlie Allen was on the stage. There was a great video. We met the management team. They are committed to national events this year, committed to national events in the future, and committed to really revitalizing the legacy of the place that is now Firebird Motorsports Park. That is the news, okay? If, if that doesn't mildly excite you about the upcoming season, you have chosen the wrong show and the wrong sport. It is going to be absolutely bonkers out there. We're going to be weaving our way and wading our way through all of this over the offseason. But when we come back, I've gone on long enough. When we come back, Buddy Hull, 
the freshly minted funny car driver that will be hopping in. Jim Dunn's funny car will join us. We'll talk about his move to funny car, his move to sell his team to Jacob McNeil, and everything he's looking forward to in 2023. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we are back here in the NHRA Insider Podcast. I promised you a guest this week, and we got a guy who was in the center of the news drag racing maelstrom at the PRI show, Buddy Hall, the world's newly minted funny car driver. How you doing, man? Brian Loans, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> and, boy, I'm sure excited to wheel that Jim Dunn racing funny car. Man, it was um, – before we get into you specifically, uh, I think as we look at the PRI show as a whole for the sport of drag racing, I-, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. I mean, that was three days of just nonstop awesomeness. It was. It was great. You know, uh, we've we've certainly recovered from the COVID era, if you will. The place is packed full of vendors, packed full of, of racers, race fans, and and uh, it was great to see it. You know, there were so many people uh, that I hadn't seen in, in a few years at PRI, yeah. and it was great. I mean, and, and so many incredible announcements. I mean, everything from, you know, uh, uh, new dragster drivers, new dragster teams coming out, and, and it's just, it was awesome, man. It was an incredible experience for everybody. So, uh, you know, to me, uh, we always have to start these stories at the beginning. So when was the first conversation you kind of had about this whole deal of you getting in Jim Dunn's funny car? And uh, obviously, you're a guy who's who's uh, keen to drive pretty much anything. So I want to know how this got going, and and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, you know, after the season was over, um, I I believe that that Alex and and John and Jim and Diane sure. decided to to make a change, and yes. it, it was all mutual. Yes. You know, the relationship there is incredible, and I'm also friends with Alex, so it was it was all respect. There was nothing happening before right. his time was over. You, I'll, I'll you, start off by saying that. Yeah, you didn't jump out of the bushes here and scare him out of the seat. Yeah, <laughs> no, sir, no, no. I love Alex. So and and, uh, and and that relationship will continue on. He and I will continue to be friends, and and I know that him and the Duns are very close. So. I'll start off by saying that. And then, you know, I received a call from John and, and John, you know, uh, spoke to me about an opportunity that was available. Uh, I enjoy their program, always have enjoyed yeah. their program. And these are conversations that we had had much, much, much prior to even uh, him calling me and, you know, how their program and my program aligned and our goals uh, together are, are the exact same as if we were individuals. And we both agreed at that point that us working together would be much, much, much better than us working working in different pit areas. So it all came together and uh, came together really quick, which is which is something that doesn't happen very often in our industry. Yeah. And I was able to also put together something really quick through, you know, Jacob McNeil and, and Mike Uger. So overall, what a, what a positive change for so many people. I believe that everyone involved won. And most importantly, I'm, I'm back where I really want to be, which is in, sitting in something where the engine's between my legs and in front of me. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait, man. I always felt like that's where I was belonging. I'm, I'm quote unquote designed for a funny car, if you will. Well, yeah. And, and I think people need to understand you have driven uh, plenty of short wheelbase blown front engine stuff before yes yeah i have you know i've driven you know, a, a couple different fuel alters including my own i have over a thousand runs in a blown alcohol altered and i've kind of just driven everything so uh you know as a matter of fact you know i a lot of people don't know this but i ended up in a in a, in a top fuel dragster by default uh, i was kind of in the <laughs> middle of building a a, a a big show fuel funny car which i still have and getting into that and uh through that i was working with terry haddock on a couple different things and uh you know he basically asked me he's like buddy i need somebody to work on this thing and not just drive it i know you know how to work on them and you live an hour and a half from me are you interested in driving this thing i said well i sure i guess so yeah uh, I, 
I had never, ever in my life dreamed ever of actually stepping into a top fuel car until Terry introduced the opportunity to me. And then, because um, my route was to be in a fuel funny car. that That's the route I was going. So it all happens for a reason. You know, I always believe that in life, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, and uh, you know, here we are back in a fuel funny car, which is where I belong. We talk about kind of developing instincts and, you know, you have the driving instincts and, and you know, guys like Laughlin have those driving instincts because of everything he's done and a multitude of other people. Um, but to me, there's a secondary kind of level of instinct that you have now acquired uh, having spent a few years in a top fuel dragster. And that is that that famous, you know, these nitro engines, you got to kind of have that weird seat of the pants knowledge about whether the thing's happy or not. And um, it becomes even more acute when it's in front of you. So how important is that? Having a, having a couple of years now and you're under your belt understanding what a happy motor sounds like, what an unhappy motor sounds like, and all that kind of stuff. How much does that kind of help you in this new pursuit? Nothing replaces seat time. You know, I tell, uh, I've been telling myself that in all other drivers that ask me for advice for years. And, you know, concentration's key. Understanding the race car is key. Uh, something that I've always felt that was an advantage to mine is I've always worked on my race cars. Yes. So I understand them mechanically, which has given me what I feel like is an advantage. I know a lot about what's going on. A lot of those sounds and vibrations that, that you hear and feel in the race car are based off mechanical things working well or working poorly. And it's worked to my advantage many times, you know, Dallas this year, for an example, you know, um, yes. the car started up and I felt something that wasn't quite right. Went ahead and did a burnout, backed up and I shut the car off because I knew it wasn't right. Well, we get back to the pit area, lo and behold, you know, it had burnt up a, uh, a push rod and, and, and destroyed a rocker arm on the exhaust side. So we, we all know if I would have went ahead and staged the car and smashed the pedal, what would happen? Total disaster. It'd have been a bomb. Yeah. Total disaster. It would have leveled the thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of advantage to seat time, a lot of advantage to understanding your race car mechanically, and, and I do have those. Um, and I'm also always a student. You know, I don't ever want to stop learning. Being able to have the tutelage of Jim Dunn with 70 years plus of nitro <laughs> yeah. experience is going to be yet another uh, another uh, learning experience for me. So, But I'm certainly ready to attack that steering wheel in that funny car. And look, um, you know, it's it's the kind of cliche thing, but you know, being out on tour full time is a big deal, right? I think that is as much as you've been able to get out there with the top fuel car, knowing now that you're going to see every racetrack, you're going to be at every event, um, has to be another kind of point of pride. Dream come true for me. There's no questions, no doubt. You know, I grew up at the racetrack, grew up watching Diamond P Sports, you yeah. know, Decade of Thrills yeah. and, and all these <laughs> yeah. things. And so, yeah, totally. And being a funny car guy, you know, I mean, uh, you know, being such a fan of Chuck Etchells and John Forrest and, and Al Hoffman and all these old legends, Kenji Okasaki, right? That, you know, one of Jim Dunn's drivers. I'm yes. a huge fan of his growing up in the Moon Ice car, right? And and, and that's, that's one part of my emotions towards it. The second part is a very serious emotion that, I'll just say that, that I'm out there to handle business. I'm dead serious about my racing career. I'm dead serious about being the best race car driver I can be. Not having to own the team and manage the team and, you know, pay the bills and answer the yeah. phone and all that, uh, you know, between races is a huge relief for me and frees up my mind to be the very best race car driver I can be. So moving forward, not having those responsibilities, I really just have one responsibility, which is to be an incredible race car driver. And that's what I'm really looking forward to the most. I really want to improve. Yeah, and I think one of the things we saw out of that car last year is that they definitely began to push that car performance-wise uh, to its own benefit in that we go back to the countdown 
And uh, that thing basically went rounds at every single countdown race. And, you know, famously, I think it'll go down in history as the car that kind of sunk Ron Caps. Uh, and I'm not taking a shot at Caps, but we look at what happened in the countdown, and it was Alex Laughlin two races in a row in the first round in Jim Dunn's car that, that ended uh, Ron Caps' kind of championship hope. So, you know, I think that is a different car than it was two to three years ago. I think it's a more aggressive car, and I think that's good for everybody. It is. No, 100%. I mean, that car ran so good in the countdown. You know, finishing number 10, you know, Alex did a great job driving it those last few races. There's no, well, he did a great job all year, but especially those last few races. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a big secret. You know, we're making big changes on the car over the winter. You know, the car is getting a six disc clutch and nice. getting a new cylinder head program and, and getting some outside uh, advice to, you know, make that program work. So, I mean, it's, it's been pretty vocal, you know, through Jim and John both. They want a funny car that can, that can run nine. 90s, low 90s consistently, and if need be, you know, go ahead and twist the screw a little further and run an 80. And they've been very vocal about it. They want to be competitive, and that aligns with my mindset towards drag racing as well. So I really believe we have an incredible formula coming up in 2024. And and look, the uh, I want to talk about the other aspect of this, which is uh, which involves Jacob McNeil. And and what's funny is, so you know, over the f- first couple of weeks of the off season, you know, we have this torrent of of changes and people doing different stuff and crew chiefs moving around and everything else. And and we started hearing kind of through the grapevine that that Jacob McNeil was looking to come out and run a bunch of races. And you know, uh, between some of us, we're kind of booting these ideas around like all right how's this going to work and one of the things that happened was we heard that you were going to get in this jim dunn car and i thought you know what maybe buddy's going to lease the stuff to mcneil well you sold the stuff to mcneil so (laughs) he went the extra mile um this is a motivated guy i think i think there's a lot of jacob mcneil that lines up with buddy hull so how did that whole deal come together great guy and somebody i'm interested in mentoring and helping along the way and 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 making him a great team owner so you know jacob had rented a car from scott palmer last year did a great job driving it uh through that you know we were often pitted next to palmer and he and i you know started chatting and becoming friends and i knew that he had some pretty aggressive goals in drag racing and you know he was my first and only phone call whenever i received the opportunity and agreed to take it with with jim john and diane so you know for me to be able to help him get started means everything uh there are certain parts of my racing old racing operation he's leasing uh he was able to uh buy the car in a lot of the parts but he will be leasing my trailer and and a bay in my shop The, the operation will continue to run out of my shop uh for all due purposes it's literally set up perfectly yeah. uh jacob lives an hour and a half away from my shop and so everything about setting him up for success was was my mindset and going into it with him and he agreed and he understood that that's what it's going to take you know when i purchased the, the car from tim i purchased a race car that ran 390s he purchased the car from me you know two years later that runs 370s so he's starting off in a much better place than i did just two years ago and i wanted to make sure that he did it's one thing to sell a race car to somebody in parts and you know wishing the best it's another thing to be able to really see it through and make sure they're off on the right path and that's exactly what i did and that's what i'll continue to do obviously my number one focus jim dunn racing being a great nitro funny car driver but i will be in the background making sure him and mike uh, make all the best decisions they can make as a team and move forward and do better and look i i think in a in a in a cursory way in a good way this speaks to kind of the health of where we are as a sport right now because honestly if this comes together in let's call it 2018 uh when things were different and car counts and everything else i'm not sure there's a guy that actively that's kind of waiting to get in one of these things and i think now when you look at 
the kind of renaissance we've been in, I want to say since maybe even starting in 2019, 2020 put the kibosh on a lot of stuff, but it kind of certainly picked up steam in 21. Um, there is an ever-growing list of young, motivated, hungry men and women that want in these cars. So it's it's the timing is the timing is pretty exceptional. It is, and it's healthy for the sport. You know, I'll say that I can't wait for the day where we see you know twenty to twenty-five fuel funny cars and top yeah. fuel cars at the racetrack. It makes us all better, and it opens up uh, I think uh, you know opportunities on the marketing side of things and the sponsorship and and, and partnership side of things because we all know when there's when there's more. When there's more cars, there's more uh, there's more of everything. There's more qualifying. There's 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 a higher level of competition that piques people's interest and gets them excited. You know, if there's 25 fuel funny cars out there, there is a chance, maybe yeah. just maybe, that John Force wouldn't qualify. Well, that adds to the drama. It adds to the storyline. It adds to the mix, and I think that's super healthy for fans and and for sponsors and marketing partners. So. Um, you know, I feel uh, obliged to help the sport grow. You know, I always do my part and make sure that, that I spread the good word about drag racing and, and that it's a healthy family sport. I go to the yes program every single time I'm at the racetrack and the kids are in school. These are the things that I enjoy doing. I'm actually, you know, uh, considering working with a, a university here in, in the Southern part of our country to promote drag racing through them and with them. So there's a lot we have going on in our sport and, and it all starts with the drivers and team owners and, it's just all really positive. You know, I can say that moving into 2024, I believe our, our sport as uh, from a racer's perspective is as healthy as it's been in a long, long time. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the example, it's, uh, you know, you could you could actually see the visual example of what you talked about at, at PRI last week because everybody yeah. wants to get in the bar that's crowded. Uh, you know, if the bar's got a line out in front, people get in line to get in that bar because that's a cool place to that's hang right. out. And when you're walking down the street and you look in the window and there's, you know, there's three guys and a, a dusty old crooked picture of JFK on the wall, it's like, well, maybe I'll find another place to go hang out. Um, but we're at that's that right. we're at that point now, especially in Top Fuel, um, where that is the scene, and I think that's that's going to really start rolling over to the to the funny car ranks. Um, if you can. In general terms, what's your timeline in terms of uh, t- in terms of being in the race car testing? Uh, what can you give us on on that front? We will be in the Nitro Funny Car this this winter in January, nice. uh, first half of January, uh, in Las Vegas to cross my license over. You know, it's funny how the world works. You know, that's why I finished my top fuel license four years ago, and now I'm I'm right back there. You know, upgrading my license and crossing my license over in a fuel funny car. So we'll be out there, uh, and and the car will be set up the same way it was last year for my licensing runs. After we make our licensing runs, we're going to go ahead and, and and take the car apart and make all the adjustments that we're going to make for the 2024 season. And not too sure on testing before sure. Gainesville with the new combination. It's likely. But we're it's undecided at this point. But but uh, and we have those I, sessions down there, and I think a lot of teams are going to take advantage of those sessions as well. So you guys may be one of them. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, obviously Big Jim gets to decide, and, and we do whatever the boss says. But uh, if I had a if I had to suspect, I would say he's going to want to make a couple runs in that car with with the new clutch and new cylinder head program on it. Makes total sense. Uh, you know, the, it's the cliche question. Maybe it's the cliche answer too. But uh, but who is the who is the first person you'd love to be lined up next to on a Sunday morning? Oh, John Force. Of course, it's I knew, I knew where Forrest. it was coming. But I wanted you Are to you say. It. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's no question. All the respect in the world. You know, you know, he's always been very good to me. Uh, he, you know, shakes my hand, smiles at me. How you doing? You know, I've bought massive amounts of parts from him in the last few years. We run jfr cylinder heads and manifolds and blocks and 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 a ton of parts from from their facilities you know on my top fuel car and he's really helped me a lot and and his guys too so but 
all the respect, but man, you know, for me to be able to, you know, light the light the Christmas tree up with John Force and have an opportunity to take a wind light over John Force would would mean everything to me. And and uh, you know, love him, but I want to kick his butt, right? That's yeah. what I want to do. But look, it's a, and, and I think some people listen to this and go, oh, of course he was going to say that. But to me, I'd just say if if you got to pick, you know, and this is a rare opportunity in sports, but like if you're a pitcher that loves baseball, that of course you love the game, but if you got to pitch pitch to any batter in history. You want to throw to the best hitter ever to see how you match up. If you're a football player, right. if you're a football player, you want to, and you're in a, a defensive lineman, you want to line up on the other side of Tom Grady, see if you can get your arms around him and, and, and sack him. So, I mean, the answer of I want to race John Force is is the answer that anybody in any other sport would give, given the opportunity to play against one of the greats. Yeah, well, I mean, who wouldn't want to beat the you know 16 time champ? Let's let's be real, you know. Yeah. When you're when yeah. when you're a, literally the greatest of all time, you know, and undoubtedly he's the greatest of all time, Nitro Funny Car Driver. For a guy that's that's you know my age and at the point in my career to to look at him with with nothing but you know respect and love and my God, how's he's done it? You know, if I can't look at him and say I want to kick his butt, then then I'm not competitive enough and I shouldn't be out there. What do you take away, and it's it may come up again later on in your career, but from this first phase as a car owner, um, what are the three biggest takeaways you get to carry with you ahead? Um, and maybe no, they don't apply directly to driving the race car, but they apply to your racing career. What are, what are some of the biggest takeaways from, from the ownership role for you? No, you know, having a great organization where everyone works well together, you got to have that. You got to have a great race car. You got to have good parts. You got to have good marketing partners. You got to have a great crew chief, and you know, to be honest, that for me, that that was really uh, one major deciding factor for me with you know partnering with the Duns and 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 driving the race car. You know, they have that figured out. You know, they yes. they really do. They've been out there a long time. They understand it. Um, you know, uh, uh, the next thing would be working with the fans. You know, I. Yeah. Our sport is powered by fans. I love fans. I love making people smile. I love uh, entertaining people, if you will. And so you, you know, you gotta have you gotta have that mindset and that approach towards the sport and towards the fans. You want to give people a reason to buy the ticket the next time, next year when we come back. You want to give the that fan a reason to say, you know what, man, those drivers, man, they were great. And they all spoke to us. You know, we had so much fun. Let's look at booking a ticket and going out to Sonoma. Yeah. We can go taste some wine and then go, you know, go watch, you know, fuel funny car race, you know. So I, I think those are the big things, you know, and, and having a really good understanding of what it takes to be a team owner, I believe will also help me be the best driver I can be for Jim and John Dunn. I, I know what they're going through. I yeah. get it. I've yeah. been there. I've done that literally. Uh, and, and did it, in my opinion, fairly well. So I'll, I know what they're going through, and I think I'll be a great, not driver for them, but I'll be a great business partner with them, and I'll be a great um, you know, asset to them in other ways, and I'm super excited for that. You know, I've always believed in, in order to be a great leader, you must be a great follower. So I have no issues with, with being a great follower and contributing in something that is a legacy and, 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 and being a part of it. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I need to come up with the specifics of this, but the first race – that involves, you know, obviously McNeil will be driving the top fuel car, but the first race where the three of you have there are there, we need to create some sort of feat of strength. Uh, there needs to yeah. be some sort of a lifting challenge. we got to figure something out because we're, we're adding uh, and moving drivers around, and these are not small people. Uh, these are, That's right. <laughs> so we need to showcase that somehow. So I'm, I'm down with any ideas, whether it's bench press and engine blocks or something. we gotta, we got to figure something out because I think the fans will eat it up. 
No, they wouldn't. No, and I'm all about having fun, you know. To me, you know, Hagen and I have joked around about it. You know, we text back and forth. We always chat and we see each other. And we've we've actually, you know, at one point we were working towards doing something like that. And just, you know, life gets in the way and, and racing gets in the way. And we didn't do it. But, yeah, I'm always down for anything to entertain the fans and, and make it uh, appealing to, to different crowds is what I'm all about. So, Brian, you set it up, man. I'll be there. All right, good. I like the sounds of that. Well, man, I want to congratulate you on the uh, on the announcement, on the move, and on this this really um, holistic approach. It's one thing to move into that race car; it's a whole other thing to get um, a very motivated young guy into a place where he's always wanted to be, which is top fuel, and to be able to to not only counsel him but to provide him with a good platform to do it on. It's it's great, and like you said, it's. Um, it is a it's a big plus one for the sport. Anytime we can add young, uh, kind of uh, vibrant talent to a category, whether it's top fuel, funny car, whatever, it's a good thing. That's right. No, I'm I'm a super excited to, to mentor him. You know, young young man under 30 years old, top fuel team owner, and and aggressive like he is. I'm happy to be the guy that gets the chance to mentor him. It's it's truly an honor. I'm honored to drive Big Jim Dunn's car as well. You know, it goes both ways, and so I feel like a very blessed man. And uh, I'll do my part and hold up my end of the deal, and 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 uh, everyone can grow. I'm so excited, man. Buddy, uh, thank you so much for the time. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, and I look forward to uh, keeping tabs on your license crossover coming up in Vegas in January. Same to you. Brian, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, all, all you NHRA fans, and get get ready for 2024. It's going to be an interesting one in Fuel Funny Car and in Top Fuel. It absolutely is. He's Buddy Hull, and I'll be right, right back with some final thoughts after this. All right, back with some final thoughts here in this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. Buddy Hull is a um, a font of positivity. Good guy, driven guy, motivated guy, and uh, don't let that smile fool you. He is going to come out here swinging with Jim Dunn and the entire Dunn Racing program in that funny car. He's excited for the opportunity. I'm excited to see Jacob McNeil and his own equipment as well. That guy has proven himself to be pretty snappy on the starting line and a good handler when it comes to the world of top fuel drag racing. Went through that absolute landslide of news that happened during the PRI show, and we'll be kind of dissecting that and working through a lot of it over the course of this offseason in the next couple of weeks. We will be back next week with another NHRA insider as we get ever closer to those Christmas and holiday seasons that we all love so much. Give us a chance to pump the brakes and take a deep breath before we dive headlong back into the world of NHRA Mission Foods Drag Racing in 2024. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And this is going to be a fantastic offseason. And if you need help, back the show up and listen to the first 20 minutes again if you have any inkling of what's going on in this sport maybe next week we talk about the potential number of rookie of the year candidates it is going to be insane it is going to be fun and it's going to be a year to remember in 2024 go to nhra.com right now tickets for most of the races are on sale we know that tony stewart's running top fuel that's going to move the needle across the board there's going to be a lot of people coming to check out that curiosity and see if he could win like he did in the eight fuel dragster against the best in the world in top fuel eliminator Thanks again. I'm Brian Loans, and I'll be back next week with another NHRA Insider Podcast.